Hello, and welcome to the Winner Folsom podcast here where we bring you the best battle-tested resiliency in leadership practices in order for you to implement into your life. I'm here today with my co-founder and podcast partner. Yeah, partner, I guess that would be called. Folsom, and it's gonna be an exciting show today. We just had one of our K4 meetings and unpacked this practice that we think will be really valuable to identify where would you potentially have a break? And we're going to talk about this, what the metaphor means and how to apply this to your life. But where is there potential that you may have had a break that you could have easily fixed something and gotten back into the game of life? And let's say kept, a, let's say it was a broken leg and you just needed to get your broken leg fixed to get back into life. Where have you potentially amputated a leg and lost that limb forever where you could have actually just healed a break? And this is what we're going to get into on today's podcast episode. Yes. So both Joshua and myself, we're both traditional warrior class men, people. We're both ex-military, we're both martial artists. We're embedded in that world. And this idea that Joshua just mentioned is rampant in our society. And we're going to unpack why that is and how we can avoid it and what are some of the consequences that are echoing out into our culture. Because obviously, from a resiliency standpoint, uh, when we have people who are injured, traumatized, wounded, broken, and they're not able to do that work and jumping right ahead to amputation, tourniquet, I'm out. Well, that's not working for us. So we've hacked some of this through the last couple of years through our resiliency program, Valor. And there are some very, very valuable insights in this conversation. So please maybe jot some down some notes as you're taking this. And it all begins with the concept of triage. So triage is the concept of, let's say you showed up to a scene and let's say you were a first responder and you show up and somebody had their airway blocked and let's say they had a broken limb. Which one would you address first? You'd address the airway because if they couldn't breathe, that's a higher level of triage than addressing their leg. And this is seen throughout first responders, hospital, all throughout things, they have triage. So this is a, think of a triage map. Triage map. One of the things we teach in Valor are the four levels of emotional trauma. And we teach you how to triage this, looking at it physically first to then recognize what that would look like emotionally. So just to unpack this really quickly, think of level one as like a blister or an abrasion. So if you had a job where you went to work every day and let's say you were getting blisters, you'd probably need to use some gloves or something to actually make it so you didn't get the same blisters or abrasions. And if you didn't treat the actual blister or abrasion, it's not gonna kill you, right? It's not the end of the world. You could probably push through it just going to be uncomfortable. So you're going to remove some of that uncomfortability by doing what you need to do to add some gloves or some things to make it a little bit easier. And as unpacking these four levels of physical trauma, start to think of what would that seem like emotionally? So what would it look like emotionally if similarly a glove or a blister or an abrasion, what shows up emotionally? Maybe your work, how many hours you work, what your career may look like, what would increase that stress? So think of as we move from one, two, three, four, it's usually increased stress or increased trauma that actually adds that pressure to the next level of triage. All right, level two is gonna be like a sprain. So has anybody ever gotten a sprain where you sprained your ankle and maybe a bad sprain where you're on crutches? It sucks, it's frustrating, it's no fun. But about six weeks later, you're back in action, right? So you're back, you're whole, you're fixed, quote unquote, and can interact back into life. Now, during those six weeks, it sucks. It's frustrating, you're angry, maybe angry and mad, but you look down and see that you have a sprain, so it's okay, and you understand why. However, you don't need anybody else. Level one and level two, you can do on your own. 
you could just ignore the sprain or go easy on the sprain or ice the sprain and you're going to be okay. So a big distinction with number two is increase stress from level one, but you can handle it yourself. And about six weeks later, you're back into life. So again, think about this. What would equivalent to a level two emotional stress in your life that you may be out for about six weeks, but you're going to be back and completely back into life again. I would say for me, level one would be frustration. Like when I feel constantly let down or communication issues, that's my kind of emotional trauma for one. Embarrassment for me, that's a stage two. It takes me a while to get over getting embarrassed or let down, uh, particularly publicly. Yeah, I'd say for me, level one is just when things get really busy and I have multiple projects and things in life could be equivalent to level one. I'd say level two is things related to COVID or injuries or things that may put me down for a month or a period of time. I'm constantly getting injuries with sports and athletics and jujitsu and all the different things. And to me, that's a level two because I'm not done. I'm just frustrated and out and can't do the things that I was normally doing. And it can be a big pain in the ass. Setbacks, short-term setbacks. Short-term setbacks are level twos for me. All right. Stage three. Stage three is where we move into a break. And if you think about, let's say you broke your leg or like, let's say much worse, a shattered leg. Can you handle that on your own? Probably not. If you did try to handle on your own, you're just going to continue to re-break it and be in pain and eventually get dysmorphed, right? You're going to morph into something else. In the wilderness, you die. Yeah, valid point. Because you'd have nobody to take care of you. So if you can't get any help, you eventually die in the wilderness. But in society, we think we can get away with level three. And so we're walking around re-breaking ourselves. But just think about the physical for a second. If you actually broke your leg and you did get the help you need. So let's say you recognized, ah, I got a broken leg. I need to get help. And you went to a doctor to help you. They put you in a cast and so that the leg doesn't continue to re-break. And you're in a cast for a period of time, potentially three to six months, depending on the severity of it. And then they cut the cast off. Are you good? No. Your muscles have atrophied from being in the cast. And then you're another three to six months to get back into life. So think about what would this look like? Emotional level three level stress event where you're maybe out for six months to a year. You may be much slower. You may be angry, frustrated, emotional. All the things that would come up similar to a physical broken leg. What would that look like emotionally? What shows up for you around that when we talk about that, Philip? I guess career changes, losing a big contract, uh, financial stress, big relationship stuff, right? Marriage related those are all substantial things that my wife and I will go see a counselor. We'll find outside support because we're not handling it internally. Financially, I mean, I will ask some of the K4 brothers for investment uh, advice or other things. So that would be probably for me. Yeah, for me, and I'm even thinking of some of these, which, we've, which I've worked through. <laughs> but some of the same ones is like my, my three would be health, health and fitness. I didn't really realize what was going on. And Initially wasn't getting blood work done or doing anything to really check my health. And so actually getting blood work, going to a doctor, making sure that my hormones are in check because I was having a bunch of problems, realized my hormones were off. And after that, realized I didn't know how to eat effectively or train effectively. So I think health has been a big thing for me. Additionally, addictions, actually getting help of realizing where things weren't working in my life. And now we have protocols, but in addition to the protocols, I actually needed to do some work around it and get some therapy done around that. And so having to un un look at where do these come from? Where do they originate from? And relationships, what I'm currently working on. Hey, where have I not been successful in relationships? What do I need to work through to create more space to have healthy relationship in my life instead of what I've done in my past? But the same thing, I think any area of life where 
something may have happened, maybe conscious or not conscious. You may just be recognized that you're looping a pattern that isn't healthy. And you're like, man, I keep doing the same shit. I make a bunch of money, get out of debt, and then I get back into debt. Something's not working there. You probably need to figure out you either don't know how to save, you don't know how to invest, or there's some pattern you're looping. And so as we're talking about this, what looks like level three to you? Could even COVID have been a level three or potentially level four to everybody out there and how it's affected things? Yeah, my career, my consulting career at Wolf Tribe, that was all in person. I did events with people and COVID ended that. So for me to go remote program, that took substantial, I had to slow down, I had to stop, I had to get help, I had to retool. That was a good year worth of break recovery for me. That's a good analogy. Yeah, and I went to the same thing on my ERT retreats were live. We had K4 that was live and we just kicked off Valor. Those were all what I'd put my eggs in. So I had to revert back to getting some coaching clients and then rebuilding everything else online. But I did it very slow, probably not fast enough. But those were all breaks. True. And they were not amputations. Very true. Yeah. The difference of an amputation is we could have said, fuck this, I'm out. I'm doing something totally different or just put our head in the sand. Like a lot of people did, I think during COVID and tried to avoid it to go to some other place that felt good versus let's get the proper help. Let's rebuild the business model. Like how do we succeed through this? No matter what if this stays for a decade, we didn't know how long it was going to be here, what it was going to look like. So we had to reinvent our whole business models to figure out how to succeed. So what's stage four? Yep. And so that's stage four is an amputation. Stage four is a loss of a limb and the big distinction. So one and two, you could do on your own three. You need help. You can't do it on your own. And the difference is level four for the amputation. There is no fix. And as long as you are focused on a fix, you're going to be living in the past because you can't fix an amputation. All you could do is accept this is the way life is now and then change. And then when you can accept and change or adapt, you can live just as a fulfilling of a life, if not better than other people that may still have their limbs. But you have to accept my limb is gone. If you sit in non-acceptance, you're going to be repping or living in grief or living in the past versus accepting and moving forward. So I know I just lost a cat. To me, that's level three to level four for me. It became part of my household. I know you lost a dog. Those are level four events where there's some grief and sadness. But actually, when I think about it, probably level three for me versus level four. I lost my cat about a month ago. Still sad, but I'm noticing I'm not destroyed. I was destroyed for a couple of weeks. Now I'm getting back into life. I think the loss of my brother was a much, much longer journey that affects me day in and day out. But a loss of an animal may be a level four for some people, right? So there's no telling what a level four looks like. It just depends on how long this affects you and if it doesn't go away, right? So that's the big distinction. Losing my brother was a level four. Going through a bankruptcy was a level four. It took me a decade to rebuild myself, getting decimated in a business. There's some level four events that you don't recover from. You just learn to accept this is the way life is now. Hey, we thank you for listening to the Winner Folsom podcast. Just a couple quick notes. First, if you are a man and you're looking for an honorable and inspiring group of men to hold you accountable and challenge you to grow in your relationships, your fitness, your career, your finances, and your life, go to www.k4men.com. And if you are a veteran, first responder or man or woman who deals with trauma and you are looking for some resiliency tools and skills for you, your team, or your organization, go to ValorResiliency.com. Hope to see you there. Back to the podcast. So for me, loss of my business, going through a bankruptcy, my business partner running off with my girlfriend, that was one I couldn't recover from. It's kind of like a funny movie now. I'm totally non-charged about it. And then uh, the death of my brother. Those I'd say were my primary level fours. I think it's a, it's a really good conversation about the three or four. And I do know people who 
gosh, I don't want to put anybody on blast about this, but they'll lose a, an animal and animals are family. My last service dog and your cat and other, and there are people who take it a little far with the death of their animal to the point where it's like they get tattoos of their animal. And I think that might be an example of what we're talking about here. Of There is an escalation that may not be warranted in certain situations, which is the theme tonight, right? Listen, my heart was broken, cried like a baby. for, But I knew that that was coming immediately. I knew, okay, listen, you're going to get back in the game. It's going to take you a while, but then I'm going to be back with the next dog, even though it's going to suck and I'm going to be slow and I need help. Like I need all that work done. I think that may be an example of this conversation. I actually have a different perspective on that just because I'm so deep in the grief space. And a lot of what I learned, it's not based on what, like what it is. It's based on our love. It's how much we love something and based on how much that gap we're unable to fix. It's heartbreak. And again, your dog got old with death and died. There may be some horrific accidents that people died and there's more trauma baked into that, which is harder for somebody to make peace with. And so I'd say it's a little bit different for each person. The big distinction I got is it does it not one, do you do the work and face it and lean in and actually experience it? And then does it move or does it doesn't? I think if my brother had died in a different way, it may not have been the same pain, but the way that he died. Yeah, it's a different animal. When you lose a brother versus I lose a dog. And I get, we're living in a very relative culture. Like everybody's different and you don't know anybody's situation. I'm like, yeah, there is a truth though. I'm a very absolutist and you're a little bit more of a relativist, but I don't think you can compare the two losses or you can compare, but they're not in the same category. I agree. But what I would actually say is that you can't tell somebody what their grief is. And just from dealing with so many people in grief, there's been people that lost an animal that were wrecked, their whole life got wrecked and their spouse didn't understand it. It ended relationships because somebody had the viewpoint like you shouldn't be grieving this yet. Somebody else may have lost a mother and not cared because I've been around it where this person was dead to me. I actually don't care that they died yet. Their animal, they love so deeply that that was their whole world and was with them for years and was unconditional. And yet their parents are like, I don't give a shit about my parent. Fuck them. So I would say it's, I don't think you can compare uh, grief is what I have learned from just studying grief for so long, but I think it's based on each person's level of love and what they can and can't recover from. So it's less on what it is. It could be a valid point. It could be a dream. Somebody could have dreamed that they were going to be a millionaire or another example that they were going to have three kids and they end up single and past the age of having kids. And that grief sends them to their knees. Yet they never even had a physical thing, but that grief is actually the part that's a level four for them loss where they never even had it. It was literally just a dream of what they wanted. And I'd find those are the ones that are the hardest people that actually have dreams that don't come true and they miss their point of being able to do them. Again, that's the level of a level four. They can't get it anymore, but they grieve it harder than things in their own life, even that they lose sometimes. So it's okay to agree to disagree here, different opinion on it. So here's the nut. And this is you and I, and my guess, everyone watching who is either a warrior class person or is connected to a warrior class person. We don't like stage three triage events because they involve exactly what you just said. They involve removing our primary identification, which is people who do shit. We as warriors do the hard things that other people are unwilling and unable to do. That defines us. And when we get broken, that's removed. So who are you now? Who are you? If now you've lost all that warrior cred and you can no longer conduct missions, you can no longer serve, and protect and provide like that's all removed from you so who are you that's a death 
right? That's in a death of an identity. Coupled with that death of identity, you now have to be vulnerable and be taken care of and ask for help. So now not only are you not serving, you're a fucking burden. That's my nightmare, bro. I just described my nightmare. Oh, shit. I'm not contributing and I'm a burden? Oh, God. So I may, when I deal with these stage three things, emotionally and physically and socially, I might not be willing to deal with that long-term lift. And I might just jump right over stage three and go to stage four, which is, fuck it, burn the boats, burn the bridges, end the relationship, end the career, preemptive strike so that I don't have to deal with this. I'm just going to get it over with. That's the scary part. It's so prevalent in our culture. So as we're talking about this, think about that for a second. Where in your life had something potentially been a level three? Meaning if you got the proper help, you could have repaired it and actually made it stronger. Because when you actually repair a break, it actually, the bone gets stronger than before. It's harder to break in the same spot if you get the proper care. So where potentially did that feel so challenging or uncomfortable that you just moved right to an amputation and moved forward in your life? We had this conversation last night and in addition to our thoughts, guys were saying, hey, my first marriage or multiple marriages, I did this with finances for a long time, did it with health, not facing our health and just saying, fuck it, I'm going to continue to eat the pizza and eat like shit and eat the sweets and eat whatever else because I, I can't get to where I need to be. How many relationships have you may have ended because you didn't want to do the proper work and then you notice the next relationship looks the same because we're repeating the same pattern. So big distinction here is I want to point this out because I think it's really interesting. Most warrior culture if they have a physical injury, they have no problems going to get the proper hair, proper care. They'll go find multiple doctors, get second opinions. We see at the VA all the time, like it just normalized, like, ah, oh, I'm gonna go to the doctor. It's in warrior culture, it's fine to go get physical, but generally speaking, emotional, hey, I'm going to a therapist. I gotta go get the proper mental care to figure out why relationships not working. I gotta face those uncomfortable areas or embarrassing to maybe admit that financially we're not intact or we've been not saving or spending wisely. Again, another messy, uncomfortable conversation and who we are or addictions, right? Another hard one facing an addiction and something that's been eating us up. So if we don't get the care of three and we move right to an amputation, the uncomfortable truth is you're going to keep repping this, meaning you get to replay it again and again and again until you finally mend the brakes, you can move forward. And obviously we're tracking a post-traumatic stress conversation right? This is a big one. Anytime that we're starting to deal with those downstream symptoms of PTS, whether that be hypervigilance or insomnia or like hair trigger emotions and anger, hey, those mean that there has been a stage three break. There's been something that has gone down, or it could be a series, a chronic stage one, two, which leads to a stage three. And if you don't deal with that shit, eventually now, you're running right up to a stage four. They do compound and they do escalate. And so to be able to at some point stop that and go, all right, I'm broken. I need to take a break. I need to get some help. These are all things that are have to be normalized. And they're normalized in athletics, right? Yeah, we do. We play injured. But at some point, if you're no longer productive on the field because you can't run, hey, pull me out, coach. Can't run. I can't score points. I'm actually not doing my job. How often are you not doing your job in your marriage, with your kids, with your team? Like most of us are playing injured all the time. So at what point are you going to actually go get the physical therapy, which is the emotional therapy analogy? It's a big one. And I'm still normalizing this. And I am too. 
And I think we've even talked about it a lot is like, that's the active recovery conversation, even on us that we're such doers that we struggle with anything that feels like you're not productive or not moving the ball forward. But again, I even finally learned sleep wise, sleep's the number one way to build muscle. If I want to build muscle and I don't recover, then I don't build muscle and I just destroy things. So I think we're constantly learning as warrior culture, how do I find time to do active recovery, which is very similar to this. How do I find time to give the actual care I need and the right help I need to actually get a result? I want to catch you here. What you just said was active recovery. It doesn't mean I'm taking a break. I'm not taking off day. I'm active recovering. It's the same thing, right? But the framing on that is a radically different approach. And it used to be warriors would go see the shaman. You would get absolved by the priest if you had a bad experience. That was all normalized in warrior culture in every other era. But in ours, if you go have to go see a therapist, like that's pretty weak. So at some point, man, we need, whether it's changing the language or at least normalizing that conversation, warriors need maintenance, just like a truck or an athlete. We need maintenance. And I would actually love to challenge somebody when they say it's weak. I'd say, which one's harder? Is it actually harder to just ignore it and move forward? Or is that actually harder to open that Pandora's box, work with the therapist to look at the stuff that's not working? There's some messy shit in there. It's uncomfortable. It's frustrating. It sucks which one's harder. I know for me, it's a lot harder to go open that door to work with the therapist, to look at all the shit that didn't work. Sometimes you don't get the right therapist and you got to go work through and find the right ones. And like, there's a whole Pandora's box. So I'd actually say it's more courageous. It's harder work to actually do the work. And what do warriors do? Do they take the easy route or do they take the hard route? They take the hard route. So the more I've been learning healthy frames on grief, resiliency, trauma, getting proper care, the more I'm like, oh, this is what warriors do. I'll go first, right? Warriors do hard shit. All right. And that's why I'm finally actually getting results because I've like, ah, let me get the right help instead of sticking my hand in the sand. I know what to do. Hire a proper trainer, hire somebody to take care of my nutrition and my fitness. Like now I'm eating the right foods, training properly. I'm getting the right results, right? It's like you actually get results when you get the proper care. And just notice that when we're reframing this, that's why we're using the triage and the levels of physical trauma. So there's a correlation. There's a relanguaging of approaching this terrain. Is it realizing, yeah, warriors are really good with external battles and projects and challenges, but we need to take that same skill set and turn it inwards, which again, universal in warrior cultures from every era around the world is that they've always had these ways of dealing with reintegration and purification. And it is valid a reframe that we've lost and now readopting. Incredibly important. And, and I'll give you just one example because my next question before we finish this, this episode is like, how is this showing up for you now? If you pay attention, you know, what area needs a little bit of support that you've been ignoring and you're thinking about moving it to a level four and it probably could be helped if level three, it's just uncomfortable. Is it your relationship? Is it your health? Like, do you feel good and sexy and powerful and, and confident when you look in the mirror? Are you a little uncomfortable to take your shirt off? Like, how do you feel when you look in the mirror? When you look at your bank account, are you stoked? Are you feeling like you're able to provide and take care of your kingdom and your family and your legacy? Or is it a little uncomfortable there? When you look at your relationship, what's that like? Is it thriving? Are you passionate? Are you excited? Is this the relationship you've dreamed of? Or are there some areas- Are you, you pursuing your partner? Are you pursuing or have you surrendered the field and amputated? I think of one story, Philip and I did a training at a fire department and actually had a woman as part of the admin team that had told me they came from another fire department and had said they'd been having a lot of problems and she was going to try to get her husband to come 
who was also first responder as well, because we tend to find a lot of first responder, warrior culture finds warrior culture. And she'd said, hey, I'm trying to get him a therapy, won't go to therapy, I hope he shows up. He actually came to our training, loved the training, and I thought it was interesting when he was in there, because I knew the backstory to this. And one of the things he said when we were talking about these level of triage was, oh yeah, if there's a physical injury, he was the one that raised his hand and said, hey, we're the first to go and get second opinions, third opinions. And I asked him, I said, well, what if this is to deal with getting therapy? And he didn't say a word. And it was just funny because in that moment, I was sitting there looking at the wife that he was in love with, that their marriage was falling apart, that had told me we need to do therapy. And he was saying no. Yet the very same thing that he was saying is I'll go to multiple doctors to get my injury repaired, but my relationship's about to be destroyed because I'm being arrogant and won't go to a therapist. And instead, I'm just going to end a 20-year marriage. So I think anybody that's listening to this, like, where do you need to just get some therapy, get the work done that you could actually have a more thriving relationship than you've ever had if you could make it through this? And my other invitation is, if you don't, what if the next relationship ends up in the same fucking spot you're in now and you could have healed a 20-year relationship and instead you have to start over and do the whole thing over again? This is coming down to a consistency conversation, right? You're going to hit setbacks. There's going to be trauma. That's part of the game. In relationships, careers, spiritual practice, workouts, we're going to get injured. And if we're going to maintain these long results over time, there has to be a consistency conversation. We can't just keep starting over again. And so that means if you're going to be consistent, you're going to have to find ways to heal. And that is an internal conversation. Are you able to give yourself enough grace to recognize that you're going to be less productive for a short period of time so you can have that long-term growth in the future? Are you able to reach out and get your healing needs met? Whether that be friends, mentors, therapists, men's group, a women's group, whatever it is, lone wolves do not heal broken bones. It takes the pack to be able to provide and protect so that your bone can heal. Otherwise, you die. And that might be a career death. It might be financial death. Or it may be actually a real death. But whatever it is, that is your marching orders as warrior culture is to be able to address these issues and not avoid them. No bypass. Avoid the issues. So our challenge to you today is where have you been avoiding handling a level three trauma that you can go take action on today? Take some inventory, figure out an area that you can level up in. Don't move towards amputation. Instead, go get the proper support that you need to get this area handled. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time and be well. Battle tested right there. <laughs>